You play pickleball, you take care of yourself. Health IQ thinks you should be rewarded. They built their business on saving money for people who live an active lifestyle. Go to healthiq.com slash pickleball and find out how much they can save you. That's healthiq.com slash pickleball. See how much Health IQ can save you. Welcome to Pickleball Radio. My name is Chris Allen. I'm your host. I'm in Asheville, North Carolina. Going to talk today with a gentleman in Arizona right now. He travels all around. He is one of Pickleball's top players. Definitely one of Pickleball's top referees. You've seen him refereeing the finals at nationals and all over the place. And he knows this game backwards and forwards. His name is Byron Fresso, and I have wanted to talk to him for a very long time. Glad I get the chance to do so today. Byron, welcome to Pickleball Radio. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me on, Chris. Uh, it is a pleasure to be on your show. How were the uh, the Grand Canyon State Games? I know you're out in Arizona, and you just participated in those. How did those go? Uh, the Grand Canyon Games was excellent. I mean, there was, I think, probably one of the largest turnout uh, for this tournament here in Arizona. I must say that it got a little disrupted a couple of days by the cold and the wind. It was windy one day. That really disrupted play quite a bit, uh, even to the point where I'm the type of guy I will withstand pretty much anything. I had to quit <laughs> because it got so cold. But I'm, I must say it was a fantastic tournament. And the organizers did an awesome job. And uh, the players really exhibited a lot of skill and talent. Uh, even the new players that are up and coming uh, really showed their, their grip there. We've got so many things I want to ask you about uh, the the new rules changes that have come down. You being uh, the game's top referee, I wanted to, to talk to you about that. You're an Onyx representative, so I wanted to talk to you about the new Fuse Ball and get some playing tips from you because you were an awesome player as well. And we'll do all that when we come back here on Pickleball Radio. The U.S. Open Pro Division awards 48 medals. This year, 21 of those went to pros using an Engage paddle. To really get what makes Engage the best, you need to walk onto the court with one. Go to EngagePB.com and try any paddle risk-free for 30 days. You're guaranteed to play with more power and more control than you've ever experienced before. Or simply return it for a full refund. Engage will even cover the shipping. Play better, have more fun, and take your place on the medal stand. Go to EngagePB.com. It's Pickleball Radio, Byron Fresso in Arizona. The new rules changes have come down, and uh, you being a top referee, if you were king for the day, uh, would you uh, have made any other changes? (laughs) Chris, uh, you've hit on a very uh, pertinent topic that I'm (laughs) right in the middle of with several referees online on Facebook right now as we speak. One of the things that I probably would have stayed in the refereeing uh, rules would have been the receiver being able to to stop play after the score has been called. Right now, I think they intended to speed up the game. I'm just assuming that's one of the reasons why they changed the rules where after the score is called that the receiver cannot become unready and uh, pretty much would be a fault if they do so. In doing so, it has created quite a a storm, I would say, right now with a lot of referees and players. Hmm. So, for example, if the score has been called and the improper receiver is up at the the baseline and the the, the official receiver is at the non-volley zone line, and they're looking at the server with the ball in hand, that server has the authority and the power to ask the referee 
a correct server. And the referee seeing the alignment of the receivers and looks at the server and said, no, you are not. Mm-hmm. Well, the server can flip that ball to the, his other partner, which would literally catch the real receiver at the non-volley zone line. Wow. Well, that could not happen. And I think the USAPA has decided to address it in a manner that says, if that occurs, that the referee is supposed to give the receiver an opportunity to go back in the proper position and then recall the score again. So mm-hmm. some of these things, I, I, I like to say the laws of unintended consequences has raised its ugly head <laughs> and caused some issues. You know? Yeah, that when you it looks good on paper and you think, well, this, you know, this clears it up. But then that's why I wanted to ask you about it, because you're out there on the front lines and you're refing matches with the top players. And so if there's a chink in the armor, you're going to see it. Do you worry sometimes that uh, we're getting too ticky tack with rules and uh, and it's making harder for refs to actually ref the game and making people apprehensive to become referees? I've said to a lot of players and to referees it. It's becoming to the point where we probably need a PhD to start refereeing matches. Um, <laughs> I, I'll give you a very simple example. I think the the USAPA has very good intentions. I mean, they really wanted to help clear up some of the ambiguity in the rules mm-hmm. and make it easier for referees to understand and interpret what the rules are. However, I think sometimes in their zeal to get things corrected, they have caused some issues. For example, the palm up, palm down issue. It was well intended just to clarify people serving. For example, my backhand that's, serve. Well, I was going to say, that's also uh, known as the Byron Fresso rule. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it created quite a firestorm mm. uh, with, with players out there. The first thing several players told me, well, you know, your backhand is now illegal. <laughs> I said, what made it illegal? <laughs> I said, the three components to serving, the paddle has to be below your wrist, the paddle head. You must make contact below your waist slash navel, Mm -hmm. and you have to finish in an upward arc. I say, I complete those three elements in my serve. So what makes it illegal? Well, you know, your palm is down or your palm is up, and, you know, it it created quite a problem. And I think uh, if... The USAPA had to do it over again. They would have eliminated that completely. The great video that uh, that you did a couple of years ago with Pickleball Channel, and we will link to this video in the show notes. Uh, Byron has just a, a wicked backhand serve. You are the you know textbook backhand server, and uh, but but whenever people talk about illegal serves it used to be three or four years ago it was matthew blom they were saying oh you know it's it's really sidearm but uh you know he would analyze right. it and videotape it and people would say nope it, it it's okay and then after they kind of left him they went over to you and it's like oh that byron fresso you know he, he's got that that serve i don't know about that Right. <laughs> see the pickleball channel video and they do a great job you know of putting the little dotted line and showing where your where your waist is and, and where your wrist is right and, and i think it has helped a lot of players tremendously because uh, you know if i could give you a little uh, precursor to why i serve backhand please i'm a table tennis player and um when i first got into the game it was almost impossible for me to serve forehand i have had uh, some surgery to my right shoulder 
and it causes my arm to have a mind of its own. You know, I would think I'm hitting the ball straight, and next thing you know, my arm rotates and mm-hmm. uh, causes the ball to go left, go right, whichever way. So I, I stood up one day. I said, you know what? I'm a tennis player. Let me try my table tennis serve. And first time I hit it, it light bulb went off. <laughs> and I said, this is it. I, I am okay now. And from that point in time, I think I can count on two hands the number of serves I missed. Except for yesterday, I tried to serve. I missed it three times. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I do have an excuse. <laughs> what kind of advice do you give to, to referees in terms of just keeping the sportsmanlike fun atmosphere in a tournament? I, I say the first thing is do not go into refereeing a match with an attitude. Go there with a calm demeanor, one that the players would know that you're in charge, but you're not a dictator. You're not trying to control them. You're just trying to control the flow of the game. You're a facilitator of the game. And so, therefore, you're not try- do not try to insert yourself and make yourself larger than the players. The other part, I say, is to make sure that you know the rules through and through and that you're able to make a decision and, on a rules interpretation right away, not be to the point where you're, you know, something occurs, you think it may be a fault, you you do not, you're not quite sure, and you're humming and hawing for a few seconds, and the players are waiting for you to make a decision, you will lose credibility instantaneously with many of the players. From there, it's always, almost downhill. So going there with an attitude that I'm going to facilitate this game, I'm going to let the players play, but I know the rules, I know how to interpret the rules, and I'm keeping my eyes open to the things that I need to see in order to make it happen, have a smooth game. Maintain a regular cadence, a normal cadence that is in tune with the players. Don't have your cadence where you're saying two, one, and then another <laughs> pause, and then you say two. <laughs> you know, uh... Keep it going because, I mean, you can disrupt a player quite easily because they're maybe for the first several points, you have a normal cadence, two, one, two, or two, one, two, and then you suddenly change it to two. One, and they're almost in the motion, right? Uh, you know, they're starting their service motion, and next thing you know, you're calling a fault on them, and they're going to be very ticked at you for that. <laughs> Great advice. I want to talk to you when we come back about uh, the uh, the new balls that are coming out, the, the balls that have been approved, uh, including the Onyx Fuse ball that has just been released, and also get some uh, playing tips, and we'll do that when we come back. This is Pickleball Radio. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people, including runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and pickleball players. In fact, over half of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance. Just as good drivers save money on their car insurance, people who live an active lifestyle should save money on their life insurance. Go to healthiq.com pickleball and see if you qualify. That's healthiq.com pickleball. You'll find a link in the show notes, healthiq.com pickleball. See how much Health IQ can save you. 
Thank you for listening to Pickleball Radio. It's Chris Allen with Byron Fresso in Arizona. And wanted to talk to you, Byron, about the new Onyx Fuse Ball that was just released. Full disclosure, Byron is an Onyx representative. How does the Fuse compare to the Onyx Pure 2 Ball, which has been around, and the Dura Ball? I'm hoping that the Fuse might bring us closer to that uh, dream I have of one day uh, having a unified ball that we can play with indoors and outdoors and uh, everybody just loves it oh certainly <laughs> I, I think no ball has created such a uh, a flashpoint in, in pickleball than <laughs> than the fuse <laughs> or prior to that the pure two mm-hmm. there was a version prior to the pure two that was considered uh too rubbery and bounced a bit too high mm-hmm. and the usapa said well you've got to replace that with something that bounced less now, we made a pure two to conform to the USAPA uh, specifications. Well, in the middle of the game, the USAPA changed the rules and said, no, we want the balls now to bounce maximum of 34 inches instead of the 37. I think it was 37 inches prior. Yeah. The problem that came about is that the pure two bounced a bit high out of the box. However, with some conditioning or preconditioning, mm-hmm. uh, it bounced like a normal ball uh, just below the net if you're dinking. With that in mind, they went, they told us that we had to come up with a new ball that would conform to their new standards and didn't, would not need any preconditioning because that created a problem for a lot of the tournament directors. Initially, we had some concerns about its uh, durability because uh, we've set the bar so high with the Pure 2 that we felt that we could not bring out a ball that was not at least nearing the standards of the Pure 2 in terms of longevity mm-hmm. and durability. Yeah. So the Fuse, literally, if you take it out of the box right now, bounces just below the net. It meets the specifications that the USAPA has set. I've tested the ball at several locations around the country. In cold weather, it was bouncing a little low. So we went back to the drawing board, corrected the problem. I think we've now have a ball that will be a fantastic ball. And to be quite honest with you, it's not going to last as long as the Pure 2, but it's going to last close to the length of time the Pure 2 lasts. And and the reason for that is I I tell many players, to get something, you've got to give up something. Mm -hmm. And so if you want the ball to last a little longer, you're going to give up some of the characteristics that will enter into that ball, some of the elements that went into that ball, the materials, to make it bounce a little higher and last a little longer in order to get it to this to the requirements that the USAPA wants it to be. I think we've done a fantastic job in um, making the fuse, uh, and I think it will become the standard, we feel, of all the balls out there in the market for both indoor and outdoors. The fuse that's out now, I mean, it's considered the fuse outdoor would it be able to be used indoors? I know that uh, in the spring, I think they're talking about coming out with a fuse indoor ball. Right. How would that be different? Will there ever come a time when we're just going to say, this is the ball and uh, you can use it indoors and outdoors? Right now, I think depending on the surface, indoor surface, you can play with the current fuse ball, the outdoor ball, indoors. But it all depends on the surface. If it's a slick wood surface, Initially, it may slide or, or, or skid, yeah. skid on that surface, uh, but once it gets rid of that outer kind of a skin, so to speak, it will bounce in a normal fashion, thus 
giving you the ability to play with it both indoors and outdoors. Uh, but a lot of it is predicated on the surface that is going to be played on. One thing I'm going to do, because we, I mean, we play indoors here at my local club and uh, we've got a batch of, of fuse balls on the way and I'm going to, I'm going to put them in a pickleball mm-hmm. tutor. I'm going to take them to a, a hard court tennis court surface, throw them in a tutor and just fire them down the, you know, the surface of a, of a, you know, outdoor tennis court a few times and just mm-hmm. get them scuffed up a little because that's the thing whenever you take them right out of the box and you play on a basketball court, it's like, well, gee, it really skids a lot, you know, next. And then right. it's like, well, you can't just say that to every ball because, I mean, every ball is going to skid on a, you know, every plastic ball is going to skid. Uh, so many clubs now, you're, it's a mix of indoor and outdoor. You're playing indoors, but then you want right. to go to a tournament this weekend, then you play outdoors. And you don't want a big adjustment period because right. you lose the first game because you're adjusting to the ball and now you're in the loser's bracket and then <laughs> you lose the second one and you're out. And uh, so that would be great. We have so many listeners that are, you know, three, five, four O players. I'm in that group too. And uh, you're one of the, the, the sports top players. What's something I can do tomorrow that will take my game inch it towards that next level? You know, I, I had a table tennis coach would always preach on the mental aspect of the game, saying it's 80% mental, 20% physical. Mm. Uh, and I really never believed him a whole lot. You got to a certain level. And then you find that you were not getting better. And it was because you were not mentally focused on the game. Uh, And I think that a lot of players, if they can focus and refocus themselves and playing the game, uh, it would be of great benefit to them. Now, that's easy to say when for the three or three, five players, oftentimes they're just happy to get the ball over the net. And once it's over the net, they're good. Or there are those who would just go and start wailing on the ball, banging, bang, bang, bang. And, mm. you know, the first one <laughs> that can outbang the other one is the winner. Yeah. So what I, I always tell the three or three, five players, oftentimes they say, Byron, teach me how to slice the ball, how to slice, dink the ball. No, I'm not going to teach you that. What I would like to teach you is the basic fundamentals. Let's go back to the fundamentals because that's what you can call upon anytime you find yourself in trouble with your game. Fundamental is the way you hold the paddle. If you hold it in a standard continental grip, giving you the ability to hit with both your forehand and backhand, the way you set up on the court, bend your knees slightly if you're at the kitchen, keeping your wrists locked when you're dinking that ball, keeping your head down, watching the ball. You watch that ball come to your paddle, watch the ball go to your opponent's paddle, watch it as it's coming off for your opponent's paddle. And automatically, if you are in tune with that, you're going to find that you're going to start moving your feet and adjusting your body to accommodate the next shot that is coming towards you. So keep your eyes on the ball. Don't focus on the person's shoulder. Don't focus on their face, their elbows, or their stomach, wherever you want to focus on. The one focus you should have should always, always be on the ball as it's coming off the paddle. And the ball coming towards your paddle, watch it come, you stroke that ball, get back in the ready position. Oftentimes, a lot of the beginner players, they tend to drop their paddle. Uh, yeah, the, the, the pro guys can do that because their reflexes are super fast. They're in tune with what's going on. But you, the beginner, need to get that paddle back up in, the, in, in your proper stance, in the ready position, 
so that you can play the next shot. Or if that opponent decides to rip one at you, you are prepared to defend that ball. So focus, get a good positive mental attitude when you get on the court. Do not get down on yourself because you hit the shot out of bounds. Go for the high percentage shot, shots through the middle, keep it in bounds. Try not to go for the hero shot, as I like to call it. And I think a lot of other <laughs> people use that term. Great advice from Byron Fresso. Byron, thank you so much. So great to talk to you. And uh, I'm just so glad that uh, finally, finally got you on the show here. And I really appreciate <laughs> it and look forward to talking to you again. Chris, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for the time. And I must say that you do a fantastic job and a great service to the pickleball community. We all appreciate listening to your podcast and um, we'll hopefully listen to you for years to come from now. Well, that's very kind of you. This is Pickleball Radio, the official podcast of pickleballnews.com. Got a question, a comment, a suggestion? We'd love to hear from you. Mail at pickleballnews.com. That's mail at pickleballnews.com. Com. Head over to our website, pickleballnews.com, and make sure you are on our email list. Also, if you think of it, head over to iTunes, hit that subscribe button, and if you think it's appropriate, leave us a five-star review, which makes it so much easier for other pickleball players around the world to find this show. I'm Chris Allen, and this is Pickleball Radio.